Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Health Service Division podcast. I'm Blake Gilman, Vice President of Post-Acute Care Services. Today, I'm joined with, with Dan Merriman from our Compliance Department. Hi, Dan. Hi, Blake. Uh, Dan, what's your title? So I am the uh, Senior Compliance and Public Policy Analyst. Perfect, because today we're talking about public policy and uh, how to get involved. So one of the things we want to work through, um, Dan and I decided that we'll try to put together a series of podcasts on the topic of public policy. Dan's doing a great job heading up that group for LCS. So we wanted to give you some perspective on what's happening in the public policy arena, especially now with election coming up soon and, uh, you know, lots of things changing around in the marketplace. So we, we don't know how many of these we'll do over the next year, but we hope to have some guest speakers and some others join us. Um, at times, Dan might be doing them on his own with, with some guests or I'll join in. So we hope you'll uh, join us for the series. So Dan, do you want to kick it off? Let's just talk about, you know, how, how can a community get involved in public policy? Sure. Uh, so Blake, the, the number of ways somebody can get involved in public policy is really too numerous to say here. But there are really a couple of key ways that, that somebody can really get involved. Um, the, the first is just by, by having any type of communication with their, their legislator. And, and that's whether it's, uh, you know, local and, and state representative or state senator or their, their U.S. congressmen and, and senators in Washington, D.C. Uh, at either level, any you know, correspondence, any emails, phone calls, letters that's received, it's all tracked, it's all monitored, and it all weighs into the decisions that, that a lawmaker is going to make when they ultimately decide, do, do I support a bill, do I not support a bill, or, or even if a bill hasn't been drafted yet, just what are the issues facing their constituents and how, how do I best represent those that, that I'm serving. But uh, in addition to that, you know, the, the greatest way a community can, can really impact a legislator is by trying to be that local expert voice to, to a legislator by bringing some personality to, you know, the broad topic or a broad image they might have in their mind on what an assisted living facility or a skilled nursing facility might be. And, and really bringing that to life to, to bring some personality and story to, the issues that that they're debating. Um, so, so Dan, let me ask you a question. How what's the best way for a, a community um, to find out who their representatives are? Because they may they may actually have two. They may have one where they actually live, and right. they might have one that is in the geographic um, region of the community. Right. That's true. Uh, yeah. So uh, individuals and then businesses both are, are really seen as different and, and separate constituents. So a, a, every legislator, they represent the businesses. They also represent all the individuals, the residents, the employees. And so, you know, everybody might ha live in a little bit different district, especially if we're talking about state legislators, where, where those districts might be really small and limited to, to just a few neighborhoods deep. Uh, so the way you can find those out is, is usually every state legislature has its own website 
and it usually has a, a quick little link to find your own legislator. You type your address or your zip code in there, and it pops up. Here's who your state representative is. Here's who your state senator is. Uh, and hopefully have, have the, the contact information there. Um, additionally to that, uh, you know, we all uh, partner with our, our state associations, whether those are our leading age or Argentum members or uh, healthcare association members. And, and each of those associations know and, and can find out very quickly who you should be contacting and how you contact them. What, what the right email, what the right phone number is to really voice any concern. So I, I think, you know, the takeaway is that, you know, the legislators themselves really value the constituents in their voting district because, you know, businesses don't typically cast votes. People working in businesses cast votes. So um, I think, Dan, your distinction between where someone works and where they live and those constituencies might be very different in representation at either a state um, uh, or a national level, uh, depending right. on how they're dividing up the, the districts in those states. Right, and, and Blake, uh, I know you've uh, accompanied me uh, on a couple of trips to DC and uh, even experiencing it our, our, ourselves. We've seen where we get much greater play where you and I talk as Iowa residents to our Iowa senators or uh, our Iowa congressman versus where we tag along with, with other uh, kind of state associations or other you know providers or representatives in other states. Uh, it's a little bit different focus, but but we, but we definitely uh, get a lot more attention to to those who are serving us. So so you mentioned um, inviting our legislators to visit our communities. How how do we do that? So the easiest uh, way is, is usually uh, to try and establish some contact with uh, with that representative or that senator, and and a lot of times you may want to kind of leverage your state association to really help bridge that gap and bridge that that communication and um, just reach out really and and try and find times that that's going to work in in a legislator's schedule. They they uh, they all operate on a little bit different uh, calendar every year and, and depending on whether we're talking about U.S. Congress or, or each state legislation. Uh, but there's always off times. There, there's always times reserved for campaigning and election years. And there's always times where, where every senator, every congressman is back in their district for, for a good period of time. And uh, it, depending on the state legislator, um, some of them work the time of year that, that they're not representing uh, people at the state capitol. So, so they may very well be just uh, just down the block uh, for a good part of the year. Yeah, especially on the local side, right? Because right. they're, they're, uh, they have to keep a day job because the state right. legislation doesn't typically pay a whole bunch. But right. um, so, so when we think about, you know, this legislative movement, I know, um, your role at LCS, directing the Public Policy Committee. Um, can you talk about some of the things they're working on to move these initiatives forward? Yeah, so the, the first step is really to make sure that, that our communities really are aligning themselves with the, one of their state associations 
And, and I think we're really making a lot of progress in making sure that that's being done and, and that alignment is happening. Uh, I think the, one of the next steps is, is really kind of helping coordinate some of these visits to, to communities, as well as, as most state associations will host days at their capital. They'll host lobby days that, that bring in uh, providers from all across the state and as a kind of joint effort, really have one voice and, and focus on a couple of key issues uh, to all of the, the state legislators that, that are in session. Uh, it's a really effective day, and, and I think for those involved, it really serves to be a pretty fun day and fun way to get involved and, and really be a good advocate for, for our industry and, and for the communities they, they represent. And I, I think it's important to note here that um, when you go to either the state capitol, um, whether you're going there for, for you know, a hearing or a committee meeting or actually sitting through either a House or Senate um, session, it can be intimidating, right, Dan? Yeah, it absolutely can. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I think you're, you know, you're approaching it where you're talking about two different types of of experts, we're the experts in, in senior living and what we do. They're the experts in, in lawmaking, and it, you know, they depending on who you're meeting with, uh, you might be meeting with somebody with a lot of political pull, a lot of political stature, and and that can absolutely be intimidating. Uh, what we have to remember is, is we're really the expert in, in what we do every day, and the mission that that we serve. Uh, enriching the lives of, of seniors that are in our communities. And, and oftentimes we know how we can best serve those residents and, and how legislation can or, or can't change uh, how we do that. Yeah, it, it, I think it's important to note that they're just as interested in what you have to say. In a lot right. of cases, Dan and I went um, for the last couple of years to Washington, D.C. and participated in the American Healthcare. You and Ed went, participated in um, the Argentum, you know, Capital Day. And and one of the things that comes out of that a lot of times, and I know Dan and I, and you can speak to your visit with Ed a little bit, but, you know, we get in and we talk with people like Charles Grassley, who's, who's you know, in a pretty powerful position in Washington and is right. a pretty high ranking member of the Senate. So, um, and he'll, he'll sit and talk with you for, you know, 10 or 15 minutes, depending on what his schedule will allow. And, uh, in his particular case, he actually has a healthcare assistant that spe specializes in healthcare and she's always there to visit with us and super cordial. So, you know, it, it's always a great experience. It is. It's, it's a fantastic experience. Uh, Senator Grassley is a great example of, of somebody. He was one of the founding members of the Senate's Com Special Committee on Aging. So he's absolutely been a, uh, an advocate for, for seniors and, and kind of recognizing that. He's really recognized people in our industry and, and given the time to us in the industry to really hear our perspectives and, and how to best serve those seniors. Uh, but but even uh, with other individuals, uh, you know, even congressmen or, or state legislatures, uh, what, what we really recognize is, is everybody comes with a little bit different knowledge on who we are and, and what we actually do. 
And oftentimes the first question we should really be asking is what do you know about senior living or what do you know about assisted living? And, and there's not a lot of distinction in assisted living and nursing or understanding the differences throughout that continuum. And you know, that, that's the first step really in, in kind of bridging the gap and educating our legislature is really knowing and understanding that continuum, knowing the ways that pieces kind of fall into place uh, so that you really don't kind of step on anyone's toes or, or you don't really try to impose legislation at, at an assisted living level, like special you know requirements for staffing ratios or or spe special uh, you know health conditions that that really is something somebody should be treated for in a skilled nursing setting or even beyond and, and really in an acute setting and just kind of understanding where our limits might be or or you know kind of how that individual might flow through the continuum yeah and, and it's successful um you know i know as part of the public policy group um you know dan you want to share some of the successes that 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 group has had i know um you know ed kenny's had some success in florida with some legislation over the last couple of years we've we've had um some success in other states as well do you want to talk a little bit about some of the successes yeah, uh, so I absolutely want to talk about what, what Ed's done in Florida, which has been a tremendous amount of effort and, and really helped us kind of, uh, keep some, some really negative legislation for, for life plans at bay. Uh, but a real good example that, that kind of speaks to, to the last point. Um, so in Illinois, there, there was a law that, that focused on discharge planning and, discharge requirements for those with dementia and Alzheimer's and assisted living. And the way it was written was, was really well in, intentioned to, to kind of allow uh, people to stay in, in the community where they've lived despite what challenges they have with Alzheimer's or dementia. But it really pushed the limits of what you can really care to in, in assisted living and, and you know, it, results with a purpose that, that we really have individuals that, that eventually need to move on and move to a higher level of, of care and a higher needs than, than what we can do in an assisted living setting. And it was absolutely the personal stories that came from providers that discussed how individuals progress with Alzheimer's dementia, how they've seen people transition from a residential apartment to assisted living, or assist the living into memory care, and eventually how those uh, how the residents got to a point that that they needed something beyond what they could provide. That that discussion absolutely crafted, um, you know, the the resolution that 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 bill died, uh, and, and we're able to continue doing what we want to do solely because we gave those personal stories. Uh, so what Ed's done in Florida has been great, and, and we saw uh, really the regulate, regulators in the state of Florida propose a lot of changes to life plan communities and, and, and really try to, to kind of steamroll some legislation. And, and Ed, along with the, our state associations, 
a number of other uh, big providers in, in the state with LifeLine communities really got together, uh, involved the Residents Association that was on our side to really say that this is way more than, than any community can handle. It's more change, it's, it's, and it doesn't really get to the outcomes that, that we think the, the, the regulator is really trying to influence. And we've now spent the last couple of years really trying to work through that legislation. And hopefully this year, uh, coming in 2019, we'll, we'll actually get those changes enacted in a way that, that everybody is on the same page and we have some alignment between residents, between providers, between the regulator, and ultimately swing uh, the state legislators to to go along with with the changes we're proposing. Yeah, I think that that speaks volumes to to getting involved and staying involved um, because a lot of legislation that comes across that's proposed by sponsors or co-sponsors um, it it has a boomerang effect a lot of times where. They may introduce it, it, it may fail on the first round, it goes back, it gets reworked, uh, they get more co-sponsors, or they tweak it enough to satisfy the, the people that are in opposition, and then it comes back the next year for a vote, and it may not uh, be quite what we want it to be even then, and so, you know, sometimes these, these bills get recycled uh, for a number of years until everyone's satisfied that they've got what they need. Um, so, you know, to Dan's earlier point, being being part of a solution, staying involved, be part of a membership group, um, an association if that's what it takes, or, you know, teaming up with some of your um, constituents in your own district is always helpful because, Dan, I think you make a great point. Um, these these uh, legislators actually hearing real stories from real people brings home not just we, we don't like this bill, so you shouldn't pass it, but we don't like it because of this, and we've had some personal experience along those lines. Would you think that's a fair assessment? Absolutely. Uh, you, you know, the old phrase that, that everybody kind of goes back to is, is all politics is local. That's kind of the, the, the colloquialism, and to an extent, though, it, it really is true. Uh, a, a lawmaker represents those that are in their district, and and they want to hear and they and they want to uh, get the stories and uh, we have to have that be a part of that vo voice we we have to make sure that that they're hearing from us as constituents from the providers from from the residents from from our employees we need to be a part of that conversation otherwise the legislator is really going to rely on any other kind of source of, of information whether that's really one very active uh, family member that's had a bad experience, um, whether that's what they see in the news, which, which typically is more neutral or negative to our industry, or you know, for, from other groups uh, that, that really are carrying their own agenda and their own perspective, it, it's our way to, to really kind of neutralize that or, or really sway to the positive all the great work that, that we're doing. Yeah, I, I think those are excellent points. You know, as we as we think about kind of this first um, in a in a series of you know podcasts related to public policy, you know, really high level, we've talked about how to get involved. And I think that's the most important thing. And so, um, 
Dan, do you want to summarize by throwing out two or three, you know, things that people could do now in order to uh, kind of get involved, and then um, we can wrap things up and get on to the next series in our podcast. Sounds great, Blake. Uh, so the kind of the next steps, if if you really want to get involved, and really encourage everybody to to get involved and kind of carry their own voice, uh, reach out to your your state association. Uh, make sure you're on uh, various uh, newsletters so that you're getting kind of uh, alerts as needed about specific pieces of legislation. But but also see, is there a capital day in the future? I, I think uh, if it's an association is planning it for 2019, uh, especially early in 2019, it's already on the books. It's already on the agenda. So so table that and, and see if you can make it to the capital. And if you can't really start that dialogue, well, how can I bring somebody here? How can I get them on campus? How can I walk them through a therapy area to really know what Medicare coverage and, and skilled nursing is really about? How, how do I walk them through activities area so they see it, it's really an active community and, and probably not what they're imagining and or what their perception is? Um, you know, also feel free to reach out uh, through your DOM or, or reach out directly to me or Blake or other members of our public policy committee and and, and see how, how you can get involved or see who, how you can make those those initial contacts. Yeah, I, I think those are great. Um, you know, the, the most important thing is to, to stay involved, get involved. If you're not, you know, don't be nervous about it. It's not as hard as it sounds. And, and it actually is kind of fun. Uh, to, yeah. to get involved at that level and and certainly uh, want to encourage anyone if if you want to join us on Capitol Hill for any of the upcoming Capitol Hill days in Washington and you you've never been there reach out to Dan he can get you connected on on dates and times if you want to represent your community or your constituency for your community if you've got pending issues in your state even that you want um, to bring to your local legislators um, I think that's all good. So, any parting comments, Sam? Only that uh, this is a great opportunity to reach everybody. I uh, appreciate you inviting me, and uh, looking forward to, to really kind of partnering with with a lot of our EDs and administrators over the next year, and and get some legislators in our community, get some pictures, some videos, really get some positive play and positive momentum in telling our story and what we do. Well, we really appreciate your time, Dan, in, in joining us today. I think this is an exciting topic. We can probably go on and talk for a number of hours. We'll we'll save it for a, a future podcast in this in this series for public policy. Um, great job, kudos to what you're doing in in not only compliance but in public policy. Right. Thanks, Blake. So, thanks for joining us today on the Health Services Division podcast series. Uh, Blake Gilman and Dan Merriman um, saying goodbye for now and see you in the next series. Legal disclaimer, Life Care Services LLC is not engaged in rendering legal advice. Therefore, any information provided in this podcast, although intended to be correct, is also not intended to replace or supersede the advice of your legal counsel. Also, thank you to Ben Sounds for the music provided in this podcast.